Tonight the theme is cleanser. The theme of this Thursday Thunder is cleanser, and it's important that we talk about cleansing ourselves because the theme for the month of March is our spiritual well-being. The theme for the month of March is spiritual well-being. We talked at the beginning of this year about the eight different areas that we're going to cover this year, spiritual well-being and then physical well-being and then familial well-being and then financial well-being and then the well-being of your fellowship and the well-being of your service, then the well-being of your vocation and your missional well-being. So we're talking about growing in these eight major areas of our walk with the Lord. When we talk about spiritual well-being, the one thing that comes to my mind is that things can accumulate when you've been walking with the Lord for a while and living in the world. The thing is, if we were just walking with the Lord, that'd be one thing. But we're walking with the Lord while we're living in the world. We're in this world, but we're not of it. But yet we're in it. And sometimes we get confused between what it means to be in it and what it means to be of it. We can start to become of it without knowing that we're becoming of it. We think we're just in it and we can say this world's not my home, but yet we, are, we begin to live like citizens of the world instead of living like aliens and strangers in the world. And we become, when, we can, when we become citizens of the world, then we become strangers and aliens in heaven. And suddenly when the things of God begin to break out among us, they're strange to us. You know, it, it's always strange to me that when the Holy Spirit does something, believers say it's strange. It's one thing for unbelievers to say, that's weird. But for when believers see God doing something mighty and, and believers get freaked out, you're supposed to be an alien and stranger in the world, not in heaven. Come on. When you see the things of the Spirit of God, that's what you're supposed to be right at home. But it's just a sign that we have become such, we've forgotten that we're pilgrims and we've forgotten that we're strangers and we've forgotten that we're aliens and, and, and we have become citizens of no mean city, as Paul said. That I'm a citizen of no mean city. Now, Paul knew how to use his citizenship in the world without uh, becoming overcome by it or overtaken by it or possessed by it. That is, he knew how to possess the world rather than allowing the world to possess him. Now, when you've been walking with the Lord and living in the world, what tends to happen is the things of the world, you've got to deal with them on a daily basis. But the question is, how do you process the things of the world that come into your life? You've got to deal with all kinds of stuff. You can't go out of the world, you're bombarded with imagery when you're walking down the street. You're bombarded with language. And I've preached many times and said that you should not tell your co-workers at, at work, stop using profanity around me. I'm a believer in that, you know, that offends me. We should not try to command non-believers to act like believers in our presence so that we can have a sterile environment. Right. What I have not spoken about is how to process that stuff because I mean, just think about it. If you're standing in a room full of people who are cursing in your ear all day long, pretty soon you, you've been bombarded with this stuff. It's coming at you right and left, and it can begin to weigh in your system. How do you deal with the fact that everywhere we look, there are sexual images and messages that we're being bombarded with? Every time you turn on the table, uh, turn on the television, there's a, a, there's, a, there's a commercial that's trying to entice you towards something, and and nowadays, they use sex to try to entice you towards everything. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, uh, you want to buy a website? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you need a domain for your website? It's like, why does that have to be a pornogra pornog pornographic commercial? Want to drink this drink? Why does it, You know what I mean? It's like, for God's sake, we are bombarded with stuff. 
Not to mention, now we talk about things like the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ. But we come together to encounter the love and grace and power of Jesus Christ once a week at best, twice a week at most, once a month at least. Do you know the average faithful church-going Christian in America goes to church twice a month? 104 times a year. So, 365 days a year, you're bombarded by, what I say, 102? I got a C in math when I was in. Twice a month, about 24 times a year. So you're bombarded, 365 days a year, you're bombarded by sin, by wickedness. You're assaulted by demonic powers. But about 24 times a year, you come into the gathering and encounter the presence and power and love of Jesus Christ. And, and, and uh, so if you don't know how to process the stuff that you're intaking. Now, it's the same thing in the world when you're eating with your physical body. Now, do you realize that you have about 18 feet of intestines? If, I were to, if somebody were to cut you open and take out your intestines... It would be about three times as long as your body or more, depending on some of you four or five times as long as your body because you're short. But you're, you, got, you got a lot of – there's a long distance that your food has to travel in order for your body to process it. And sometimes chunks of food get stuck in your intestines. Now, I've been told that the average 200-pound male can have... (laughs) You're above average, (laughs) Dale. He was waiting for something. But the average 200-pound male has up to 30 pounds of undigested meat compacted in in his intestines. That's what I've been told. Now I've never been through there, so I can't verify that. Neither am I a physical, uh, uh, neither am I a, a doctor. But that's what they say. They say you can have up to thirty pounds of undigested meat in your intestines, and and so what? And so what is suggested is that you do periodic cleansers. Amen. Yes. Periodically, you got to go through a cleansing process. Because you can have stuff stuck up in you that you don't even know is there. You don't feel it. You're not aware that it's there. You don't feel any heavier. But what you don't realize is that it's slowing down your whole system. And you start to feel sluggish and you don't know why you feel sluggish. And you start to say things like, man, I'm tired. Maybe I need a vacation. Maybe I need a break. Man, I'm tired, man. What the, but the problem is not that you're physically tired. The problem is that you got some stuff that needs to be cleansed. Some stuff that's been stuck up on the inside of you for the longest time. Stuff that you didn't finish processing. Stuff that you should have been done with, that your body should have either absorbed or excreted. But instead, it's just stuck on the inside of you. It's just sitting there on the inside of you. It's done digesting. You're done. Your body is done absorbing nutrients and vitamins from it. It's not 
nourishing you anymore. It's not doing you any more good. It's not one of those things that God is actively working for the good of in your life. It's just there. And so you need, you got to get that stuff out of your system. And, and there's some stuff in your system that's not going to come out unless you push it out. Some of y'all need a cleanser tonight. Because you got some stuff compacted in your system on the inside that you've had for years. And if you could actually open up your intestines and, and find a piece of meat and date it. Man, that was New Year's Eve 2011. This was Valentine's Day 2008. Man, this was that new hamburger joint on B Street. This was that new French bistro in Hayward. You could actually put your finger on the date when you ate that meat and how long it's been that it's been sitting in your system. You know, many of us here tonight, we got some spiritual stuff that's compacted in our system. You know, if you opened up your spiritual self, you'd find that person in there from 2007 that you haven't forgiven yet. Just compact it all up in your spirit, in your soul. The average believer, I would dare say, has up to 30 undigested, unforgiven people compacted in their system. When you went through that hurt, you should have processed it and moved past it. Do you know what the word forgive literally means? It means to send forth. When you forgive someone, you send them forth. See you later. Yes, I've gone through pain. I, I, something you did to me, I've taken into my system. I had to take it in. It happened to me. But I've processed it. You've gone through my spirit, my soul, and, and as you've traveled through the intestines of my soul, my soul, under the anointing of the Spirit of God, has determined that there are certain nutrients that I'm going to extract from this experience. Amen. Certain life lessons and wisdom that I'm going to pull out of this experience. I didn't just, I didn't just deflect the hurt and pain. I had to go through it. Right. Why? Because there's stuff I'm learning through it. And, and it's new, I'm getting nutrients from it. I'm not going through it because it feels good to hold on to the pain. Yeah. I'm not going through it because the only thing I have left after you've taken my dignity is my choice not to forgive you. But I'm processing this so that I can extract the nutrients from it. But now I'm done learning a lesson through it. There's no more lesson to be learned. Now every time I talk about it, I just get pissed off. It's not helping me anymore. It's not drawing me any closer to the Lord anymore. I've been processing it for years and I'm done learning lessons from it now. Now it's time to send it forth, but it's not going to leave my system on its own. I need a cleanser. I'm going to take my time. This morning, the Lord took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul said, he said, I came to Corinth, and when I came, I determined that I'm not going to know anything among you but Christ and Him crucified. 
You know, the truth is supposed to set you free. But sometimes the truth can seem to bring you into bondage. You ever found out something about somebody that you respected? (laughs) Something devastating? Somebody you highly respected, a couple you highly respected in the body of Christ ever get a divorce? Mm -hmm. Somebody you ever looked up to ever fell into sin? Mm -hmm. Left their wife? Found out they were on drugs. You ever, I mean, have you ever been through that? Even if not in the body of Christ, in the world. You ever been through it where you discovered something that you didn't want to know about somebody that you highly respected? And that's happened to me so many times. I remember, you remember how many, some of you all have been walking with me a long time. So you know I used to talk about Tiger Woods in almost every sermon. Remember my Tiger Woods era? It's like Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods and his daddy... When you see the two of them together, there's this bond that they have. I would talk about Tiger Woods, and then all of a sudden, he turned out to be a womanizer. I was mad. You know I was mad? Because he ruined half my illustrations. (laughs) Paul said, I made a decision that When I come among you, he says, I made a decision before I came to Corinth that I'm not going to know anything but Christ and him crucified. Sometimes knowing the facts brings you into bondage. I've recently discovered some stuff about somebody that I've looked up to my entire life. Somebody wrote a book about him and did all kind of research and found out all kind of stuff. I read the book and I cried. And I said, Lord, how can this be? But I knew that if I did not guard my heart, the pain in my heart would turn to grief and the grief would turn to bitterness. Now, in in Psalm 73, verse 21, Asaph, the psalmist says, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I became senseless and ignorant. I was like a brute beast before you. He said, I allowed my heart to get grieved because of some stuff I went through. And I allowed my spirit to be embittered. And then I became senseless and ignorant. Do you realize that we can be so hurt by stuff that happens to us in our lives that we start talking nonsense? And after it's over, you look back and say, where did I get that nonsense from? Man, I was saying all kind of stuff. God wasn't there for me and he didn't, doesn't love me. And how come he left me like this? And God, you set me up to, you know, and I'll go, oh, I mean, he sent the, the man sent his son to die for you, saved you from hell, held out an eternal salvation. But because you didn't get some money or, or, you know, you got a speeding ticket or, you know, whatever goes wrong, whatever goes wrong in your life, it's temporal. You're walking through temporary trouble, but you are the possessor of eternal salvation. We have no reason to be jaded. But when our hearts get grieved and our spirits embittered, we start talking nonsense. It's in every relationship. If I, if I allow my heart to be grieved at my wife, then my spirit gets embittered. I start talking nonsense to my wife. You don't respect me. You don't love me. 
You know? And I'll stop talking nonsense and I look back. Where did that, where did that nonsense come from? That's not true. All of that stuff is a lie. You ever said some stuff that you didn't mean? I mean, you didn't mean it later when you thought about it. But at the time you said it, you meant it. Oh, no, you meant that stuff. <laughs> no, that junk was real because, because when you're talking nonsense, it makes perfect sense to you. But it's called nonsense because you're the only one it makes sense to. It should be called one sense because it only makes sense to one person, you. And it only makes sense to you because you ain't got no sense right now. When your heart is grieved and your spirit embittered, you become senseless, he said. That's why I talk nonsense, because I became senseless and ignorant. You remember what happened to Nebuchadnezzar when God struck him and took his understanding from him? He went out and started eating with the animals. You know, you find yourself acting like an animal because you allowed your heart to become bitter or your heart to become grieved and your spirit to become bitter. Do you realize that if I were to stab you in the arm right now, you would feel pain. But you don't have to feel bitterness. Grief and bitterness are interpretations of pain. We think they're the natural response to pain. Well, I got a right to be angry. Why? Because I was hurt. No, you chose to be angry because you were hurt. You could have made a decision to process that hurt and excrete it and push it out. It's called forgiveness. It's called sending it forth. But instead, you decided to allow it to compact itself in your spiritual intestines so that it remained in your life for a lot longer than it should have been there. Paul said, I've determined to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. I am walking around with crucifixion glasses on and I see everything that you say and do through the lens of the crucifixion. So that when you strike out at me and hurt me, I go, that's okay, Christ died for you. Mm-hmm, come on. And when I discover some foolishness in your life, I go, Christ died for that too. And when I discover the chink in your armor, I go, it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. I see everything through the lens of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ because I determined to know. Now he's talking about knowledge. Nothing except Christ and him crucified. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have a choice. You can either know the facts or you can know the truth. And there's a distinction between fact and truth. You know what the Lord hit me with this morning? The stuff that I discovered about this person I, I, I respect. Notice I say respect and not respected. I still respect them. You know what the Lord laid on me? Fact. This person messed up. But what's the truth? It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And until you see the fact under the blood of Jesus Christ, you haven't seen the truth yet. Because if you just know the fact, the fact will bring you into bondage. This person messed up and they did wrong and it'll bring you into bondage. How could they have done that? And how could they have said that? And what's wrong? Wow, how can a servant of the Lord act this way? And uh, we're always, you know, people say stuff like the reason I'm not a Christian is because of other Christians. I'd be a Christian if it wasn't for those hypocritical Christians. Let me tell you something. You know, somebody said in the church. The divorce rate is higher among Christians than it is out in the world. 
You know, the Lord gave me a new perspective on that this morning. I think actually that's not a bad thing. Because there's more than one way to look at that. It doesn't mean more, it doesn't necessarily mean more Christians get divorced than other people. It could mean that divorced people run to the church because their lives are falling apart. I mean, if somebody comes to the church and and they just got a divorce, we don't say stay at the door. You're raising our statistic. (laughs) No, no, no. You can't come in here. You're raising our statistic. Next thing you know, they're going to say more of us in here are, are, you know, we we only accept people whose marriages are together up in here. Thank you. We need our statistic to be nicer. No, it means people see the church as the place to run when their lives fall apart. I say, great. More more people are running to Jesus when their marriages fall apart than to Buddha. And to Muhammad. I read a statistic somewhere that said Pentecostal charismatics are more likely to be depressed than any other Christian group. And at first I thought, that don't make no sense. <laughs> Folks who are filled with the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit are more likely to be oppressed by the devil <laughs> than people who don't believe in, in that kind of power of the Holy Spirit. No. I think when people are depressed, they need something real. And where do they run? They run to the place where we're preaching the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit to be set free. It's not about the statistic. Who cares about the statistic? We're not here for statistics. We're here to put lives back together again. But that means that we've got to stop judging. You know, we take that verse where Paul said, we don't judge people outside of the church. We judge people inside of the church. And we don't know what we're talking about. In the sense of condemnation, we're not supposed to be judging people inside or outside of the church. We let the wheat grow up with the tares. Jesus is the judge. He's the judge of the living and the dead. And he said, judge not lest you be judged. Paul said, I'm not here to judge. You know what I'm here to do? I'm here to look at you through the lens of Christ and him crucified. You know what you got to get out of your system tonight? Folks that you haven't forgiven. Old unforgiveness. It's just been compacted in there. Because you know that anger and that bitterness, it becomes like a cancer. It eats away at your soul. It causes the deterioration of your spirit. And it even begins to eat away at your body. Unforgiveness can kill you. Bitterness can kill you. It can destroy you. You've got to get some unforgiveness out of your system tonight. Second thing you've got to get out of your system is grief from your heart. You say, how is it possible to be hurt without being grieved? I remember... I had a side cramp one time when I was in seminary. One of my buddies came over and slapped me right on my side, right in that place. Hey, Benjamin, how you doing? Before I could think, I pushed him halfway across. Get off me! Pushed him half. And then I thought, oh, what in the world did I do? Oh, I'm sorry, bro. Oh, sorry about that. Are you okay? I'm in pain right here. You touch me in a place where I'm in pain. Anger is a protection mechanism. It just flared. Don't you dare touch me there. 
So how is it possible to allow myself to be hurt without allowing myself to be grieved? Well, I think we have to do it the way Jesus did it. Because he wasn't on the cross going, this is wrong. Can't believe you did this to me. What have I ever done to you? Isn't that the way we process pain? That was wrong. You know what he did to me? You know what she did to me? That was wrong. And if somebody says anything about forgiveness, I don't need that right now. I need you to validate me. I need you to join me in my anger. Empathize with my bitterness. And Jesus on the cross, he said, Father, forgive him. And this is the key. Notice Jesus didn't say, Father, I forgive them. Because sometimes when you're hurting so bad, you can't forgive nobody. Sometimes in your own power, Forgiveness is not a possibility. And so Jesus gave us an example on the cross when he said, Father, you forgive them. (laughs) They don't know what they're doing. Jesus showed compassion for the ones who heard him. You know what he was saying on the cross? They're the ones that are missing out. He wept over Jerusalem and said, you who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you. And he was weeping. You guys killed the prophets. You stoned the ones that we sent to you. How often I've longed to gather you the way a mother hen gathers her young, but you were not willing. You know what? If you reject me, forget you. I ain't got time for that. I'm too busy to worry about you not wanting to hear what I, want. I have to say. Psh, there's the door. Don't let it hit you where the Lord split you. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it wonderful that God isn't like that? Because <laughs> he would have sent me packing a long time ago. <laughs> no, no, no. Come to the keyboard. Everybody just bow your head for a second. Can I give you one more inappropriate analogy as we close the night out? When you go into the bathroom and claim your throne, how do you sit? If you sit up like this, ain't nothing happening. But if you bow your head, I could actually draw you a diagram and show you why that's the case. When you bow your head and lean forward like this, you're moving your spine into position where you can release some stuff. When there's some stuff you need to get out of your system before the Lord, all you got to do is bow your head. 
bow low before the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here to ask you to cleanse me of some stuff. I'm here because I need some stuff to come out of my system. And no striving and straining. Striving and straining, all it does is it hurts you. You end up with spiritual hemorrhoids. (laughs) Nothing comes out. You just hurt yourself. But he's able to give you the laxative of the spirit. You got to take something in. He's able to give you the water of the word. He's able to cleanse your system. And tonight he's going to push some stuff out that maybe it's been there for years, months, maybe only days, maybe only hours, whatever it is, you're going to push it out tonight. And this is the key. Some of you here tonight need to forgive yourself. Because you can't forgive you. You've been saying for years, how could I have done that? You've been saying for years, what's wrong with me? You've been looking at yourself saying, what what is my problem? I'm such a failure. I've messed up in so many ways. But you're going to let that go. You're going to let it go. You are not a bad mother. You are not a disgraceful son. You are not a disappointed, a disappointing daughter. You are a servant of the Lord and a child of God. But now he's inviting you into a place where he brings real release to the things that you've carried for so long. You've carried it for so long. Now, before the Lord, I just want you to bow your head and ask the Spirit to give you release. Just let it come out. Send it forth. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Holy Spirit, release the power to forgive. Release the power to forgive. No striving. Some of you feel like nothing's happening. No striving. No striving. It's not by flesh. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No striving. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Would you give me the power to release it? You're going to make a decision tonight to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. 
You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God's going to exalt your knowledge above the facts. The facts will bring you into bondage, but the truth will bring you into freedom. No striving. Just rest. Father, just let it flow. The things that have compacted on the inside of us, let them flow. Let them come on out. Got to go. It's got to go. I can't carry this inside of myself anymore. I've been carrying this shame for too long. I've been carrying this pain for too long. I've been carrying this grief for too long. I've been carrying this bitterness. Now I got to let it go. Some of you need to go home and just write down some of those names of individuals that you're letting go. Powerful way to do it is to actually take some time to pray for those people. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Pray for them. I mean, really pray for them. You're feeling hurt by somebody? Get on your knees and just bless them. Pray for them. Bless and don't curse. Bitterness is your enemy. Bitterness is your greatest enemy. Two weeks before I got married, my dad flew down to Southern California to spend the day with me. He said, son, if I can give you one word of advice before you get married, don't allow yourself to be bitter. Bitterness will kill your marriage. The night before we started this church, January 3rd, 2004, my father called me that night. He said, son, before you launch your church tomorrow morning, I got to give you one word of advice. Don't allow yourself to be bitter. Bitterness will kill your ministry. Bitterness is a poison that Satan offers you to drink and says, here, this will make you feel better. Here, this will make you feel powerful. And you know what? For a moment it does. Here, this will make you feel strong. It'll make you feel like you're in control. It'll make you feel like you've taken the upper hand when you're powerless. Here, drink this. He fills it with sugar so it tastes good. 
But it is the deadliest poison known to man. It'll kill you. Let it go. Let it go. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And the reason love keeps no record of wrongs is because love sees all things through the blood of Jesus Christ. It sees all things through the cross of Jesus Christ. I cannot meditate on the facts. I got to meditate on the truth. I can't meditate on what was done to me. I got to meditate on what was done for me. I got to. I can't meditate on what you did. I got to meditate on what Jesus did. I can't meditate on what I did. I got to meditate on what Jesus did. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ. So I've determined to forget everything else. And I determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Let it go. Get it out of your system tonight. Let him take it all away. You can't carry it any further. No more. No more. Dell was right. Your activity does not influence your identity. Your identity influences your activity. You can't get right and then see him. You got to see him and then get right. That's why worship is so powerful. Because worship takes our focus off of ourselves and puts it on God. And the greatest lie of the enemy is that you need to get yourself in a certain condition before you can worship. Let me tell you something. The worst condition you're in, the more you need worship. Because worship is itself the act of taking your mind off of yourself and putting it on God. Stop trying to fix you. Stop trying to fix your family members. Stop trying to fix your situation. That's striving. Just focus your attention on Jesus. Forget about who you are, what you are, who the people around you are and what they are. Focus on what Jesus is and who he is. He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He is God. Jesus, we adore you tonight. Give you all the glory, Lord. We thank you. And so, Lord, I just speak your blessing over those gathered here tonight in the name of Jesus, even those watching on the live stream all the way over in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And everywhere else that people are watching. I just speak your blessing over this gathering. And I say in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's done. That God has removed it from you. He's taken it out of your system by the power of the Holy Spirit. The flow of his grace has just flowed right through you. There's stuff that God has just flushed out of you tonight. By his spirit, by his power, by his grace and by his love. And now you can walk steadfastly in the liberty by which Christ has set us free and be not entangled again in a yoke of bondage. And I just speak blessing and peace over you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.